Soldiers. Soldier. All of us. We're all brought here for the same purpose. This planet is a game preserve. And we're the game. Episode 181. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half-hour wasted. Hey, watch out, kids! This episode's gonna scare the pants, the socks, or whatever you're wearing, just right off you. to go see a movie called The Senator. Just Senators sounds so boring to me. I don't know yeah. why you guys went to go see such a movie. The Senators? I mean, how what could that okay, possibly that be explains about? a lot. Yeah. So There's I no sent, way I'm going to go see a movie I sent you guys about a, legislation. I sent okay. you guys a text, you yeah. know, the other week saying, okay. hey, you want to yeah. go see this movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah The Senators. And, and, and Bill says, heck yeah. And I, Frank says, no, thanks for asking, but no. And, and, and uh, I said, dude, free yeah. ticket. You know how Frank skims emails? Okay. He skims text, mes- text <laughs> messages too. Too many words. There's 160 characters. That's 100 and that is it was, 58. Man, it was you are such a child of the it 21st century. It was predators, century. not senators. Oh! oh! Wow. Episode 181. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, d- uh, InStockTrades.com. In. Yeah. And DCB Service. If you haven't used those, you should. Now that that's out of the way, we got a special guest. We do. We have a from the East Coast. Well, we have a guest. Yes. Hey, did you all special? <laughs> maybe stretching it while the phone's ringing. Did you all enjoy my uh, Count Floyd impression there? Yes. Brad has <laughs> again. Brad has no idea what I'm talking about. Johnny Floyd. M. Do you Hi know guys. what I'm talking about? Yeah. From um, uh, hold on. It, from uh, why don't you guys talk about it later? Right. Johnny M. Table talk. <laughs> yeah. Hey fellas. John, thank you from uh, the Legion of Dudes. Probably the coolest dude. Did I just yeah, say that probably. out loud? Ooh, yeah, it's, fine. It's, it's pretty much known at this why, point. I don't hey, know why you do that to Ken. John, we want to... Um, and Russell. I personally would like to thank you for the Adams. picking up the slack that Frank dropped. Jim. Yeah, totally. Well, you know what? I'm the questioner. I'm going to pull back the curtain. <laughs> pull back the curtain. It's a big velvet curtain. Instead of going to the movie with us, yes. you know where he was? He was at, dinner. Ask. He was at dinner with a married woman. Yes, that's right. Really? I was at dinner that's with a, a married woman. Wow. Why are you gonna yes. why are you gonna do that that's and amazing. not go to see a free movie with the two of Stepping us? Stepping out is um, what that is. We just need to talk. We, just had to, we had to have talk time. You couldn't talk the next day. You know how girls are. That yeah. girls are. Amy the girl was not the one that needed to talk. <laughs> um no, it's just sometimes, nothing Amy, wrong with sometimes needing to Amy talk. the girl and I just like to talk. All so. right. Where are you so going, Bill? There was absolutely no shenanigans. It was just us talking. I wasn't implying that there was any shenanigans going yeah, on. We're just. But when Bill and I were sitting in the theater, uh, watching <clears throat> the trailers, yeah, senators, um, I got a text message and I looked at my phone and it was a Facebook notification from Frank Rincon. His status updates: <laughs> at dinner with Amy the girl, and I was like, 
He turned us down <laughs> and a free movie to go to dinner with Amy the girl. He just went to dinner with her two weeks ago. But whatever. Whatever. To each his own. Um, you know, um, what did we eat? Why are you asking me? I don't know. Oh, we had fish tacos. I was at the movie theater. Um, you know, Brad, and, and in all honesty, I'm just, you know, while, I, while I'm familiar with Senators, I think, you know, it's a great franchise. It's never been like, I'm not like a Uber fan like you are. But it was a free ticket. This is what I'm confused about. You know, it's like, uh, offer me a free ticket to, you know, they're just the desire to go wasn't that great. That's all. Well, I know John because I, Because with movies, it's like yeah. you, you kind of sit there and you watch it. But with dinner, you know, we were talking and we were engaging and stuff like that. Uh, so. Then I, we just won't invite you to movies anymore. Okay. How's that? Not, but what if there's a 3D one I want to see? You can go see it on your own and pay your own oh, ticket instead man. of taking a free one from me. How many tickets Apparently, did you have? How many free tickets? Did you How'd you end up with a free ticket anyway? Well, at the theater I used to work at, mm-hmm. apparently I am uh, highly thought of, uh-huh. and there's more than three people there who would get me a free ticket when I walk in. I so have my kinda... debit card in hand, and they're like, "Nah, you don't need to pay. Wow, you get a free ticket. Are you? Did you bring enough for the family? Did Zoe, you bring, where, yeah, I see one cone, and there's three people in here. Zoe, the daughter, just walked well. in. Ice cream. What flavor is it? Sage the boy just walked in. With Sage. What? Fa- <laughs> it's green flavor. Right. Oh, Johnny. It, this show's just a disaster. Zoe, <laughs> tell us something. John listens. This is nothing new to him. At least no, I- you, you guys, this is a classic train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> I like ice cream. All right. Kitties, up and at em. I like ice cream. You want to hear a story about my kids real quick? Yes. No, Bill, put your headphones on. Bill just sat down. I like ice cream, too. John's going to tell us a story about his kids. Real quick, one of my kids. Um, my daughter, Ashley, who's my youngest, that we have spoken about a couple of times where I mentioned that she said a word in school and I had to go see the teacher. Uh-oh. And uh, it's just like she's rambling. She takes after her dad. And so, and, and, Ashley, and real quick, how old is she? How old is Ashley? She's six. Okay. Thumbtacks in the uh, teacher's desk. <laughs> yeah, she, she gets into a bit of... Uh, wrestling matches and stuff like that. So uh, she's known to get out of bed. So one night we, I was recording with the boys or whatever, and I was done at, I don't know, 10 p.m., and I decided I wasn't ready to go to bed. So I pop in Ninja Assassin. Uh, within, I don't know, 13 seconds, I'm out cold on the couch. And just as the first guy gets his head lopped off, <laughs> and sc- and there's a scream and a bang. I kind of like jump up off the couch, and out of the corner of my eye, there's Ashley who wandered out of bed. <laughs> so <laughs> my thoughts immediately are, I've scarred this child <laughs> life. And before I can even react, she says, "Oh, baby," and jumps on the couch and sits down next. To me. <laughs> is she not your daughter? And that I is- grab her. I pick her up. And I start walking her back to her bedroom, and I said, Ashley, we're going to have a lot of fun one day. How old is she? But, but not if you ever tell your mother that this happened. <laughs> no doubt. And she said, but. I said, never say it. And then I put her back to bed. Yeah, she's six. She's six. Uh, That's awesome. She's a rip. It that is an adorable story. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And did she but say. She just don't say it. Go back to sleep. 
So how did she say it? Did she say it like uh, like a kid coming across a box full of candy going, oh, baby. Exactly. <laughs> this is going to be good. I'm going to eat yeah. some Whoppers and Milk Duds. <laughs> All right. I don't get to see this on any of those cartoons you show me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. All right. So, so mom hasn't found out yet. That's cool. Well, she yeah, she's not a rat. So, One day it'll slip, though. Most I don't likely. know. Kids have a short attention span. I'm sorry, what were we talking that about? That sounds like the kind of thing you hold on to for a while. <laughs> All right, so Predators. Yeah, Predators. I've been waiting for this movie for a long time. So uh, so reviews are somewhat mixed but favorable. And I think it did very well its opening weekend. Yeah, I didn't. I never Googled that information. I, I looked at mm-hmm. it this afternoon. So yeah. it's doing well. It's doing well. So, Johnny, how's, your, a, pre- how's your Predators podcast going? Uh, I haven't started one yet. I'm <laughs> waiting for confirmation that there will be a continuation of the franchise. Okay. Fair enough. But, I uh, actually, shot. I heard it. I know it was cheap to make, but I heard it didn't do. Well, I guess Despicable Me beat it. So yeah. it wasn't number one. Was uh, it the same weekend? Yeah, both last weekend. Budget was forty yeah. million dollars. Only forty. Yes. Now, they, um, story says that um, that he uh, Robert Rodriguez wrote this treatment for the movie like fifteen years ago. Yes, and that the studio at the time was the Weinstein brothers. Um, turned him down, saying it's too expensive. Um, fifteen years later, they uh, basically were looking to get the franchise restarted back in '09, and they looked at that treatment and said, "Okay, do it." But it it obviously changed a little bit, right? My guess is that technology of the day made making the movie a lot more economically doable or they're just flat out more willing to spend uh, an extra 15 million bucks on it or something what does johnny think uh johnny thinks that is correct and i also heard that robert rodriguez originally had all of the snow blizzard stuff in it and then they jacked that for the first avp movie oh, okay so yeah. that was part of the uh Part of the changes were in that area. Yeah. So let's let's talk just a little before we go into Predator movie. Let's talk about just the two movies before it, the Alien versus Predator movies. Um, and since you guys are fans and stuff like that, yes. let's talk about the first one, the okay. first Alien versus Predator movie, and then we'll work up the Predators. What do you guys think of it as fans, Brad? You go first. Um. Well, are we skipping over Predator Two, the first sequel to Predator? Um. No, I guess it is a good place to start, and I can and I can talk about that one. I absolutely enjoyed it when I saw it. Me too. I absolutely. Think I have it. just I as much fun watching that as I do the first one. Yeah. You love the urban Great. jungle. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And uh, Danny Glover's awesome. Yes. And of course, Gary Busey is awesome. That movie has the best trailer tagline of all time. Hit it. No joke. Hit it. The predator. He's in town with a few days to kill. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> just um, that thing has just been burned into my medulla for years. You know, that that movie has a couple of really memorable scenes for me. Like uh, the first one, obviously, is when Danny Glover's in the ship and he looks at the trophy room and you see the yep. alien skull from the alien movies. Delicious. Um, that was awesome. That's what started the whole Alien versus Predator thing. Yep. Next yep. fan comics, the video games, the uh-huh. toys, everything. Way before the movie started coming out. And when he, how did they? Uh, do you think that they? Uh, did they have the rights to use the alien head in that, or did they just kind of do it? They just did it. I, okay. I was watching the the, yeah. the Blu-ray, and uh, they okay. were just talking about they were fans of 
the series, the so alien movies, so they just threw it in as a homage. They just basically said, yeah. "Hey, we we love you guys. Yeah. Here's a here's a here's a cheeky wink." But it was all Fox, right? So yeah, I believe okay, so. Okay, cool. Yeah. Which that, is that would make some sense. Which is why the Alien versus Predator movies got made. A little cross-platform um, synergy nonsense. The other scene that that in that movie that really makes me happy is when spoiler alert when uh, Danny Glover kills the one Predator inside the ship. Okay. And then, like, ten of them decloak. Sweet. And he just, he looks around, he's like, who's next? <laughs> that that one always, that. I'm just, getting uh, too the, old for this. The the one scene I, I always liked out of that one was when the one Predator, out of respect, hands him that old gun, yeah. that old-fashioned gun. And, yeah. and I remember seeing it, and we used to debate, what did that mean? And, you know, we came back with, well, that was the last person that ever killed a Predator. That was, like, the trophy. That was, like. I could see that. That was the gun that the last human who killed a predator used not so simple that's... people predators used to have respect back then <laughs> they used to used to uh, their word used to mean something or you know we recognize the fact that you are a warrior because you killed one of us and take this as a token yeah. of respect or whatever but i like the i like thinking you know that that gun may have actually had something to do with killing a predator. maybe that was like that was pretty cool jonah hex's gun or something that'd be sweet I just didn't want to bypass Predator Two because I think it's. A I think great, it's important. I think it's a great movie. Um, it's not important to enjoy the the new sequel though. Okay. Likewise, the two Alien versus Predator movies are not important. Right. Either. And, and let's talk Can just it? just a little bit because Alien versus Predator, I guess, uh, kind of rubbed me the wrong way when I saw it, and it may have rubbed you guys the wrong way too. But John, Johnny, um, I guess, what's your thoughts on on Predator uh, Two? Oh, Predator 2, I love. I love that it's, you know, Danny Glover in the city, you know, and they do the whole heat thing, and he's, like, sweating his tail off the entire movie, and, you know, the whole, <laughs> the whole point is that they're drawn to the heat and the conflict and everything. Um, I also love the way they upped the game a little bit. They added the disc, the boomerang disc-throwing device. Oh, yeah. Um, and they added that scene where... You know, in Predator 1, the way Arnold got one over was he covered himself in mud, and they had the heat um, – what's the word I'm looking for? The uh, Heat signature? Yeah. Right. His heat signature is what they couldn't pick up because he covered himself in mud. And when they try to go into that, like, meat locker place to throw off the heat signature, he switches views to all the different infrareds and stuff until he can figure out the one that will uh, give them up. Oh, yeah. That was – that was a very cool new addition to the Predator lore. Yes. You know, because in the first movie, we only saw the heat vision mode. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, we, and they didn't have the disc. They just had, like, the right. blades and, and whatever. And I think they had the net in the second one, that net that kind of tightened up after they shot it. I don't remember seeing it in the first one. Yeah, so they definitely went for, like, let's up the game with his arsenal and everything, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, moving on to Alien vs. Predator, as, or as you called it, Johnny, um, AVP. Um, you know, I'll, I'll kind of start on this. I was, I, I, much like Brad, I, I was looking forward to this movie because it was, it, was, it was years in the making. It was the battle that everyone was looking for. It was the Alien versus the Predator. And it happens about halfway through the movie. And I have to say, that is, the most, that is a very dull fight that happens in the middle of that movie. Yeah, I wasn't happy with... First of all, they went PG-13 for that one, which was a mistake right off the bat. That was the first mistake they made. Right, exactly. So it was doomed from inception. 
Which, by the um, way, budget was sixty million dollars for Alien versus Predator. Right. I was just reading. Actually, Predators was forty million. So I guess they yeah. broke even the first week. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, well, since they've made forty-five million plus as of this taping, cool. Sweet. One thing I thought was stupid about Alien vs. Predator as well was uh, they went to the slow-mo in the fights. And, like, the whole point of the aliens is, like, that frantic kind of scrambling around and how quick they are and you can't get a good look at them, you know? Um, so going to the slow-mo was like, all right, so we need to see them bleed, you know, in slow motion and take away all of their ferociousness. Well, that was that was the new way to do fight scenes. Yeah. Fail. Yeah, I I would say total fail. Yes. It was a, it was just boring. You just wanted it to be this epic fight and instead it was just wham bam about they, you know, it was over within 2 minutes. They're trying to squeeze some kind of bullet time like thing out of it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, cool. I was very bullet disappointed time good. with with that movie. I was I watched the first what I watched the setup to that movie and was pretty intrigued by the whole concept of they're in Antarctica and there's this thing what five miles under the ice or whatever and they have to dig to it and wow hey it looks kind of Egyptian or something or other Aztec and, Aztec. and I thought the setup to all that was really intriguing and honestly I don't think I've ever seen the second half of that movie mm. yeah I, I just I, I think as soon as the uh, as soon as the killing started uh, I, I didn't check out on purpose but well just, spoiler uh, alert Brad you should you should say how that movie ends good please uh, I'm not gonna watch it the first alien versus predator and actually I, I don't need to say the first because the titles are different so alien versus predator ended with uh, an impregnated predator okay giving birth to uh, an alien in the ship a hybrid oh yes. you mean an alien sunk its, an alien, its alien baby into a predator yeah. an a, a face hugger playing yeah. an egg in, in a predator you think they'd have uh, some kind of safeguards against that yeah. like a nuclear bomb in the chest or something yeah and it the alien came out and you could tell that it was a yeah. a hybrid type of it was That's like an alien had the mandible like yes. uh oh really yeah yeah so it was, it was a chest burster with predator alien mandible. What? Predator. Yeah. So what has the technology of the alien advanced the point where it now starts siphoning off DNA from its well, host or something? It, 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 because the the one that popped out of John Hurt's chest in 1979, that sucker didn't look very human. <laughs> but No, but in Aliens 3, they did the you. dog ones and stuff, right? I'd like, to, I'd like to correct you. It's not Aliens 3. It's Alien 3. Okay. And in <laughs> Alien 3, weren't we, there dog aliens and stuff? Yeah, the um, the alien was hatched from a dog, and it took on the characteristics of a dog. Okay, so we do have precedent for this happening, then. Yes, I'm happy now. And please, please forgive my anal retentiveness when it comes to the details. No, I'm, no, no. I'm very. No, no. This is a very personal conversation. On, uh, I can remember seeing Alien versus Predator being in the theater, and there, there was about the same type of. What did we just see reaction to all the fanboys in there? Because I think I went there on a Friday or Saturday night. So all the fan got boys were there. And everyone was kind of looking at each other going, what? With that whole alien baby, predator baby thing. I think the thing that bothered me more about that was the fact that Lance Henriksen was in it playing Charles Bishop Wayland. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and he played Bishop in all the other in all the he Alien played movies. he played Bishop in Aliens and yeah. Alien Three, but it seemed a bit of a stretch 
because Alien versus Predator was present day. Yeah. And the Alien movies were in the future. And, a couple and, hundred years, at least. Okay, I'm about to say, I would love to know uh, a star date or something on yeah. the Alien uh, and Aliens movies, because I've always wondered. I Any idea? No. Anybody? No, I think it's a couple hundred years. I well, mean, we never did really. Tweet in. Yeah. Never let us know. Really. I, okay. I, don't, I don't believe there's any documentation about that. Uh, uh, I can't believe that. Jo- Johnny, how about you? How about... Um, I'm sorry, what, no, this what, is a small uh, point. Yeah, uh, your thoughts on Alien versus Predator? Um, I th- I think I pretty much summed it up. I thought it was neutered with a PG-13 oh. rating, and and I, you know I, I don't think they went about the fight the right way. And it's like you said, Frank. That's what everybody was waiting to see. We just wanted to see the alien roll around in the mud with the predator, you know, like they did with Arnold in the first movie. Yeah. Um, and we didn't really get that at all. Um. So next is Requiem. Now I can't speak on this because I never saw it. Can so I? Brad? Yeah. Can I correct you? Yeah. It's oh. Aliens versus Predator. Yeah. Colon. Colon. Requiem. Requiem. Well, commonly, so commonly known as AVP2. I've I, have, I see AVP colon R. I'm yeah. going to guess the anal retentive don't like that AVP too much. Yeah, I know. I, I, I tend, I mm. tend to when I'm perusing the internet, I tend to see it referred to as AVP two. I don't know why because it's it, probably it because should be that's AVPR. four characters instead of like twenty seven. <laughs> well, it should be AVPR. AVPR. Okay, I could deal with anyway. That. For the rest of the show, I will that. I will refer to it as Aliens and Predators Requestrium. <laughs> Requestrium. <laughs> I'm going to refer to it as Avper. That won't confuse <laughs> anybody. Avper, that's good. Avper. Um, I actually found did the you timeline. See? No, I did not see it, so I can't speak to it. Dude, hook me up with the timeline. Does it say when the first Alien movie is supposed to take place? Uh, um, well, let me see. You, you guys talk, and I'll look He's for it. Did you see Aliens vs. Right Predator now. Requiem? No, I did not see that one. Okay, no, this I, one, I never saw that either. So this one, take this one takes place in present day Kay. in small town in Colorado. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it's Colorado. And it was an R. And Really? Yes, it was an R. And it's uh, Johnny, out of the two AVP movies, which one did you prefer? I like two. Yes, same here. They were both not very well scripted but two at least had the better action and um you know they went for the gore factor yeah. which i like yes i agree with that and then the thing at the very end um and and and, and one of you give, give us just a synopsis like you know what was the story about what was requiem about the aliens um, okay, the, the alien has infected the Predator from the first movie, mm-hmm. the first AVP. It crash lands on Earth. Um, there are hunters in the woods who, unfortunately, are face-hugged at that point. Um, in the meantime, the Predators on their home planet receive a distress signal. So they head out to Earth to see what's going on as the alien now has infected some human bodies wow. in Colorado. Um, and they have a little, and they intertwined some like small town teenager stuff, which was not great. No, it was very, um, um, it was very not another teen movie type of. I was about to ask. It sounded very teen. It was very movie. Dawson's Creek wrapped up with oh, an wow. alien. Oh wow! Oh, Jenny, I love you. There's something. Yeah, it had like an unpopular kid and right. like with the foot, the the cute girl with the football player. Like they hit every stereotype <laughs> in the small town. Yeah. 
Um, but they, well, did they? I think a few of them got killed at least. So at least there's that. Well, good. Um, we can all agree on that. It was. I mean, I, you're you're not searching for the word. It was a good, silly apparently. story. Okay. But it felt more like a scary movie than the first AVP. Was it poorly conceived and poorly written and all that? Yeah. Like, like maybe the dialogue wasn't good, but the action was good? It was better. Like John said, it was a R-rated. It had more gore, which is what you need, what you expect. All the alien, ver- uh, the alien, all four alien movies and the first two Predator movies were all R, rated R. Now, I understand nowadays, you know, an R-rated movie is, is uh, pretty much a death knell unless you get a fluke like a Martin Scorsese movie or The Hangover. You know, yeah. But everybody's trying to. I mean, Die Hard with a uh, what was the last one? Die, uh, die Hard, Live Free and Die Hard. Free. Was that PG thirteen? It was PG thirteen, and they couldn't say was. the Yippie yeah. Kaye line, right? And what it's they not did, a Die Hard movie without the Yippie Kaye. <laughs> did you see how they how they got around it though? Yeah, yeah. Which is very creative. So, right. I'll tell you off the I understand <laughs> the trend is to try to do the more commercially viable thing. And unfortunately, yeah. the first AVP fell to that. But they got it right with the second one as far as the rating goes. Um, the story just seemed a little bit preposterous to me. Um, but I like the way it ended and with the tying in of the Predator gun, uh, one of those government guys brings a Predator weapon to this Chinese woman, okay, and addresses her as Mrs. Utani, oh. and so there you get the Wayland Utani connection, mm-hmm. which is the company in the Alien movies. Yeah, yeah. Who here likes mint chocolate chip ice cream? Me. I think we all like <laughs> okay, mint Johnny chocolate does. chip ice cream. That uh, non sequitur was actually not sponsored by anybody. That uh, makes it uh, all the more wrong. Well, did that's you like? Too bad. Did you like the way they tied that in though with the Utani bit? I, I did like the way they tied that in, and it's kind of like what Bill said with the first AVP. Um, it started off like really well, and it was an interesting concept. You know, I liked when the with the Predator ship crashed, and then those people got infected, and then the, they showed the home world, and the alien went on uh, the Predator on the distress call, and it all started off well, um, but then it kind of fell apart when they went into the town. And they, again, they went for the upgrading of the arsenal they introduced the bullwhip right the predator bullwhip with right. like kind of like the uh it looked almost like chain link like almost like a ghost rider uh whip yep nice wow. yeah that was really cool very ivan vanko huh yeah yeah it was uh that was cool and that's one thing that's that was missing i think from the new one which we'll get into in a minute i'm sure but well, uh and frankly they didn't add anything new it makes a lot of sense for them to use you know non-lethal like herding type of instrumentation, you know, it makes it makes sense for them to have a uh, you know, you know, bull whips and stuff instead of just you know nuclear bombs and guns. Yeah. Why does that make sense? Well, it depends on you know. Isn't the whole point it. the predators consider themselves to be sporting creatures? They're doing this for fun, right? They're not doing. They're not hunting humans or aliens or whatever for food or no. for economic necessity. They're doing it for a diversion. Right, Therefore, and they want the trophy. Yeah, so it's unless they're very different, it's the it's the thrill of the chase, not the kill necessarily. I mean, clearly, 
you know, when you're dealing with dangerous prey like that, it's you or them, so you're going to have to eventually kill them, blah, blah. But, you know, the whole idea is that they're chasing you, and it's just it's the fun of, you know, being out there. You know, getting some fresh air. You know, yeah. And, uh, you know, meeting new people. Does a body good. Experiencing <laughs> new cultures. You know. Okay. Well, why, well, let's talk about the latest movie. Predators. Predators. Which is kind of a genius, I genius think move, title-wise. I think it's awesome that yes. Robert Rodriguez did that because he, you know. Mirroring the Aliens. Yeah. Aliens was such a, a well-done, successful sequel to Alien that I think he was trying to go for that same type of vibe with the story and this new one. And so why not reflect the success yeah. that the aliens well it was the easiest had. way to get back to basics yeah, exactly and that's that's another and thing because you don't need to watch predator 2 or right. the alien versus predator movies to enjoy predators yeah you who, who, at all who wants to do a quick synopsis of predators i want to okay because now let's let john do it no john did the other one i want to do this one. i'll be selfish predators takes place in uh present day we don't know what the year is don't know what the year is okay yeah um, people from all across the earth, killers, bad people, um, are being kidnapped. We don't see that happen, but the predators are snatching them from the earth, rendering them unconscious. Mm-hmm. And when they wake up, they are literally falling <laughs> That's pretty awesome. from the sky towards oh. the a planet below them with a... Uh, parachute strapped to their back. So all these people fall to the earth. Some make it, some don't because their parachute don't open. And then as these people realize uh, they've all been here, they've all recently just been falling from the sky and landed on this planet, you know, strength in numbers, they band together to try to figure out, according to Adrian Brody's character, who threw me out of a bleeping airplane. Yeah. (laughs) So that's how this little band of killers uh, and and hunters uh, gets together. And then, you know, they're trying to figure out what's going on. And then, of course, things start happening little by little. Mm-hmm. Um, just real quick, the film begins 23 years after the events of the first film. Okay, so 1987, that would be 2010. 2010, okay. okay. Yeah, I think they made some kind of reference to that, didn't they? They, well, there's somewhere in the film about they did like refer that like the, something like this happened in the Colombian jungle, you know, 27 years ago. Well, yeah, Isabel, the uh, female badass, she runs you through the whole first movie basically. Yeah, she she okay, says yeah. 1987 Guatemala. Yes, but right. they, they do make references to current uh, political. Yeah, ba- like Afghanistan. I was stationed in Afghanistan, and so you get the you get the feeling that it, okay, it's present day. Yeah, and that's that's to uh, again to. Yeah. Rodriguez's credit, I think. Yeah. And he kind of grounds it like that. I was worried that, that he wasn't directing it, but um, well, the fact this, that he had his hands in it, I think, was Well, enough. and that Nimrod, that they did let <laughs> direct it. His name was What Nimrod. has this guy ever done? I don't know. Nimrod. What a, what is Actually, Nim- his name is Nimrod. Nice oh, yeah. job, and, Nimrod. What it, John, do you know what he's directed before? I think... Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's something called Armored, which was like a direct-to-video thing with Lawrence Fishburne also. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think before that it was overseas it was stuff. Vacancy in 2007, and then right. 
Control. Vacancy. I liked Vacancy. I which is a Hungarian good. movie uh, in 2003. Before that, you've never heard of any of these names. Well, um, you know, someone's got to be given a first chance. Usually it doesn't work, but sometimes it does. You yeah. Know? Um, Vacancy, by the way, had uh, uh, leads Kate Beckinsale and Luke Wilson. Yeah. I liked that movie. A young married couple becomes stranded on an isolated motel and finds hidden video cameras in their room. Oh, yeah, they realize crazy. that unless they escape, they'll be the next victims of a snuff film. All right, let's run through the... So, that's, that's the kind of uh, godfather-like quality uh, Nimrod's churning out these days. Let's run through the characters in this, in this new group. Okay, so uh, there's usually a band of people. And Armored yeah. is a heist yeah, movie, so by the way. So, let's see. You've got um, Adrian Brody is the main character. His name is Royce. He was ex-military. He's a mercenary, and we don't know what kind of ex-military because he never tells us. Well, you do if you read the four-issue prequel, uh, mm-hmm. prequel comic series. Now, see, I wanted to go in fresh, so okay. No, I, I you don't even it. need to read that, but I it, it gives you a little bit of uh, okay, a little uh, backstory. Yes, he enjoyed uh, being mysterious Lawrence? in this movie. Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne is the lone survivor of he. He was. Uh, he says ten seasons. So who knows what a season is? Maybe years. Let's call it years. Okay. He's been on the planet for ten years. He also fell from the sky. So he survived. He survived. Noland. Noland. Yes. Thank you, John. Yes. He survived. Um, U.S. That was Air- a much smaller cameo than I thought it was. Yeah, be. I, d- I was really surprised. Who, but Fishburne. Yeah, he wasn't in there as long as I thought he was. No, it was like uh, Bill Murray in Zombieland. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And so. then his ending was uh, almost a telegraph. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, Topher? Topher Grace. Grace. He, I don't remember names, but he played. Edwin. Edwin? Okay. He yes. played a, uh, a doctor. Yes. Kind um, of. And he was kind of like, well, without. I guess he was a doctor was as a doctor. far as we know. Yeah. We, I never saw him operate. He, he, um, I didn't see a Hippocratic Oath. He tells us he's a doctor. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's kind of an oddball. He comes well, he across as like, he seems to be like. Well, the idea I think is the that he's wheel. supposed to, he's supposed to be the everyman. He's he's the he's the you or if you or me are dropped into the into this position, the situation. This is how we react. Okay, like what the hell is going on here, and how right. do I get away from right. it? He was the, he was very much the comedy relief. I also thought it was a drag that um, you know if I'm him, um, I'm asking for a gun. Now I guess another character does that later in the movie. It doesn't work for them, so maybe that would have been a futile attempt, but. Uh, I don't really want to walk around here with, like, a stick and a fist. John, now, John, now there's, there's an Alice Braga. Yeah. yeah she's, she's a girl. What's the girl's Isabel. name? Isabel. Isabel. She was, uh, did we ever find out exactly what she was? According to this, she was Black Ops Sniper. Yeah. IDF, Israeli Defense Force Black okay. Ops Sniper. Ding, ding, ding. And she's the only one with previous knowledge of the Predators. Yes. And that's where you get the reference to the first yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. Which Dan- was which Dan- I thought was really well well done. I did too because I, I thought, you know, how is how is it that she knows it you wasn't know, about the predators? You know, sh- you know she's you know she's the mole. It wasn't know? in your face. Mm-hmm. It was really subtle, and 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 handled really well. I thought. Yeah. Um, Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. He was uh, from. Uh, what was he from? Uh, mm-hmm. He was a He's Mexican a- drug cartel enforcer. Yeah. Yes. He was Machete. Curchulo. Curchulo. Curchulo, you guys want to hear some Danny Trejo trivia quickly with Robert Rodriguez? Yes. Okay. In all of Robert Rodriguez movies that Trejo is in, Trejo, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. or whatever, he 
he's named after. Well, let me do it this way. Cuchillo is Spanish for knife. Okay. Um, in he's obviously machete in Spy Kids and yeah. Spy Kids Two. And I machete believe. is Spanish for machete. <laughs> Was his name machete in the Spy yes. Kids movie? Yes. In the first movie. Hey, Machete and, don't care about nobody but Machete. Really? And it, in Dusk Till wow. Dawn, he's Razor Charlie. <laughs> and yes. in, Dusk, in Dusk Till Dawn 2, he's Razor Eddie. Um, and then he is Navaja in Desperado, which is, sta- which, uh, is Spanish for Blade. Nice. That's, like, that's a very always... cool... Isn't he, um, isn't he Rodriguez's cousin? I don't know that, but what I do know is he's 68 years old. I think they're related. Are you serious? I am serious. Yeah. You are, there's no way Trejo's 68 years old. Yeah. He's 68 years old. Let's see. Boy, he was born in 1944. Do wow. Math, yeah. Wow. Um, son of Alice and River, a construction worker. That blows my he socks clean off my filmmaker. He's the cousin of filmmaker Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. Wow. He's. I, he was I, also honestly, the bartender in Anchorman. I honestly figured him to be like late 40s or something. <laughs> yeah, he looks pretty good for his age. I mean, he's Mexican's age 40s, well. Dude, it's not he was like, in real jail. Mexican's okay. age well. <laughs> it's not that he's attractive. I just don't think he looks uh, anywhere near uh, his 60s, much less almost 70. Wow. Yeah. And to think he's just launching his movie career basically now mm-hmm. with the uh, – the, the, uh, how, many, how many stunt doubles are they using in Machete, by the way? <laughs> know, Let's see. Next, a... next character we've got is uh, Walton Goggins plays a, a – a death row inmate who was scheduled to be executed in a couple days. He was the squirrely one with the jumpsuit on? Yes, the okay. orange jumpsuit. He was yeah, on that show, The Shield. Yeah, he's got some pretty dead eyes, doesn't he? Was he was fabulous on that show, The Shield. Yeah. Did you guys ever see Justified this year? No. No. It's an FX series with um, Timothy Oliphant is a U.S. Marshal, okay. and Walton Goggins is like the main uh, bad dude in season one. It's very good. No I'm going to have to watch that. I've heard that's a good show. Very good. I still haven't seen the last season of The Shield. I'm working on that with Netflix, but um, I liked that show, and I liked Walton Goggins a lot. And He was good for some comedy relief in this movie, too. Yeah. Um, uh, next is see. Olga, um, or Ol- Olga. Oleg. The, the Oleg? Oleg. He was the Russian guy. Yes, Oleg Taktorov. Yeah. And the Russian guy is named Nikolai, strangely That's enough. Right. Nikolai. Little <laughs> Spetsnaz. Then there's um, an RFU officer. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. He was the he, uh, he was the black guy when we met. Let's just call him Mombasa. How about when that? we met Walton Goggins' character, we met him at the same time as as that guy you're talking. What's yeah. what? Um, Mazur Shalarajabra. You said what kind of officer was he? You said? RFU. Yeah, the RFU. They came upon the RFU guy and the death row inmate uh, beating each other up. That's great. <laughs> yeah, so they must have they must have landed or close R-U-F, to each other. I'm sorry. RUF. Um, RFU sounds better. <laughs> yeah, it does. And then uh, I think the last one is the uh, the Yakuza uh, warrior. Yes, he's yeah. Hanzo, the Yakuza the, enforcer. Yeah, the mobster. Louis Oaza. Who, in my opinion, Chin. Who, in my opinion, had the best kill in the movie. Oh, sure, that was a great scene. Yeah, yeah. but it, what, what was it? Go ahead and tell. What was it? Well, he was one of the. And we're spoiling this movie, obviously. Um, he was one of the last handful. He was near mm-hmm. the end of the survivors. Um, they were all trying to escape to get to the Predator ship. Mm-hmm. And um, he, they were running through this clearing, and he stopped, obviously because he could sense a Predator behind him. 
and he looks at Adrian Brody and he nods and Adrian Brody nods some unspoken communication mm-hmm. I'm going to stay here and kill this bad guy you guys go for the ship and so he uh, he has a, a ninja sword that he got from uh, Lawrence Fishburne's character um, and well now they found that on the found that on the ship is that right in in Lawrence's quarters yeah so he had yeah. so he'd apparently uh, right yeah, I just meant they took it from his apartment. But the inference, and didn't they? They meant some mention that that was old too, didn't but he they? He said, he says this is very this old. Is very, so the inference is that the predators have been doing this for yeah, a long time, long time. Which was yeah, like like the old gun in, in Predator Two that he gave. So anyway, he he takes his shirt off. He's got a, his tat. His back is fully tattooed. Right. He's he's yes. barefoot. He takes his shoes off at the beginning of the movie. So he's just got pants on. He's got this big sword and this. Predator decloaks, and was he carrying a weapon and throw it down, John? Um, I, I know he didn't. He didn't take off the helmet. I was expecting him to take off the helmet, right? But he didn't. I, I think he might have thrown down a weapon. I'm not a hundred percent sure. It, I maybe it's my brain putting that in there. But all he did, he saw the guy stand there with a sword, so he pops one claw on yeah. his, his gauntlet. And so the two of them duel it out with swords. Oh, nice. Basically. Okay. He pops his, it's like a Wolverine kind of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Except the, the the blade was a lot more jagged. They finish each other off at the same time, <laughs> but the Yakuza, but the Yakuza yeah. enforcer falls last. Right. So it was, that was really cool. I got goosebumps watching that. Well, scene. and during it that scene, cool. I couldn't believe that, that they didn't do, you know, the scene ends with, uh, with, with, uh, Hanzo standing there the uh he's facing the camera uh, about a waist up shot and the predator basically is running away from the lens uh they do their damage to each other the predator kind of falls forward out of frame and so all you see is him and I really truly expected them to cut to a wide shot or the camera pull out or something like that and have like the top half of Hanzo's body just kind of like slide off the bottom half. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't do that. I expected that too. To their credit, I think that's a yes. I was going to say I think that's yeah. a bit cliche. Yeah, because we've seen it a lot. But um, the nice diagonal cut where you yeah. just go. <laughs> I think it was just uh, powerful enough to know that. Yeah, you know he actually was able to kill the predator and hold on long enough that he could actually be the last man standing in that fight. And I did. I mean, it was. It was a great scene. I kind of thought, did we have to, you know, I, you know did you have to do the, the plot point of, you know, he, he knew he was going to die to deliver the killing blow, but he did it anyway due to his honor. Well. I mean, I, I would just wonder, did, did Hanzo know that this was going to be it for him? Probably. Or, he, you know, I'm sure he hoped that it wasn't, but I'm, you know. But, I'm I mean, being sure the he man, knew, he's yeah. like, he's going to, I'm going to stay here and do what a man needs to it's do. It's kind of like the, uh, the, the guy in the first Predator movie when they're crossing the bridge. And the the crazy like Indian guy or whatever he he Billy Billy yeah he dumps his backpack off they're crossing that log yeah that one log across the river and he dumps his backpack off he takes a big knife out and he he scra- we're talking about the first movie yeah Billy the Indian um, yeah so the, the 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 yakuza guy was kind of reflecting of that okay okay um, I could definitely see uh, th- there weren't that many visual homages to the first movie were there. I mean, you had the um, Adrian, Adrian Brody covered in mud, exactly rising up out of the mud. Yeah, but, I mean, even that was like a shot, you know, a shot for shot remake, you know, kind of thing. You know, I'm glad you brought that up, John, because when the group stumbles on the predator camp and they find the one predator hanging from a tree, 
uh, obviously the the girl Isabel she recognizes the look of the predator because she's heard the story from 1987 Guatemala. Yes. She uh, this Arnold's character Dutch was the one survivor and they she said that they debriefed him so she's read that or whatever. So she recognized that and when she tells the story about what happens in in Predators, I'm sorry, in Predator, she mentions that they he caked himself with mud to avoid their yeah, infrared the, detection, yeah. yes. So I'm thinking, well, obviously they're all going to cake themselves with mud right now. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. But did they? No. No. They were saving that for Adrian Brody. <laughs> yeah, which, of course, he does at the well, end. Well, apparently but they only had enough mud for one <laughs> yeah. person to do it once. Did you think about that when it happened, John? Um, I did think about that when it happened, but there were a couple of moments like that in the movie, like um, when Topher Grace suddenly knew the species of the plant on the alien planet. Yeah. Um, you know, like he's had some kind of training in alien uh, hmm. plantology. Culture. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I didn't catch that. That's interesting. There were there were a couple of moments like that, but it was okay. It was all you know. It, it was a popcorn action movie. Oh, I know. I didn't you know I didn't dwell on too much of that. And and you know what? It's funny that they made some of those. I don't know if you call them mistakes, little oversights or whatever. But there was also in other spots there was real attention to detail. Um, like going back to the yakuza dude. Remember the whole scene about him missing fingers? Yes. Yeah, that's like that's the real deal. Like when you're a yakuza and you screw something up, they cut off a finger. Right. You know, and the body, the full body tattoos and everything. That's like the real. That's the real deal. So there was some attention to detail in some areas, but there were a couple of plot holes in other places that popped up as well. Now, one thing that stuck out to me, uh, as far as Hanzo goes, was when he first finds the sword, he pulls that sucker all the way out of the scabbard and is sitting there looking at it, and they, you know. Somebody says, like, this is real old. He says it. Okay, but um, uh, now all I know about uh, Asian cultures is what I remember from the Richard Chamberlain Shogun miniseries. <laughs> but I thought that the samurai was not supposed to completely unsheathe the sword unless they were going to use it. Seriously. And I don't know if that's just an oversight, or maybe this guy is not in well, the Yakuza's Shogun. And samurai, Yakuza and samurai are, like, two totally different things. Yakuza's right. are gangster jerks. Yeah, you so know, I, I, samurai honestly, are like these noble warrior types. I mean, so I wouldn't a, jerk, call a jerk wouldn't care. So I was kind of wondering, <laughs> was that an oversight, or is the inference just that he is not constrained by the laws of the samurai? Um, I, I think was it. way. They, they probably didn't know the rule, and he's probably not a samurai anyway. So. They didn't okay. count on nerds like you being caught up in with something like that. Oh, yeah. I'm now, the only person that never saw the freaking miniseries Shogun with Richard Chamberlain. Now, I, right. I, I understand that they introduced a new alien in this, or a new predator. There's the classic predator and this super meh, predator. Meh, 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 What? What? Sorry. What are you doing? I got <laughs> stuck there. <laughs> um, Yeah, they, the uh, which I thought was very cool, the predator that they first run into strung up on the tree Looked to me just like the Predator from the first movie. He was. He was a classic. Yeah. We're going to refer to them now as classic Predator. In, in the Wikipedia article, they refer to him as classic and super. Okay. And um, we learned from Lawrence Fishburne's character that that they're same, but they're different. And he he calls Thanks. it Helpful. he calls it a a blood feud. And the bigger clan picks on the little 
clan. And my big question for Brad coming out of the theater that night was, how long has this been going on here? Have we ever heard of this super predator, this Mr. Black, they refer to him in some circles? Only in the comics that they've okay. that they've done. But in, as far as movies go, this is the first time. That's interesting. And so they, It was totally unneeded, in my opinion. The only reason they needed a warring clans was because they needed to get help from the one that was strung up um you know so they had to have him being against the other one right yeah but, I, I um, liked it i like it when they add stuff to the predator lore like they did in predator 2 um and i liked you know there's many different races of humans yeah you know why can't there be the same thing with predators and see that makes a heck of a lot of sense and i liked it i thought it was very cool um, it didn't yeah, bother just, me. Was it unnecessary? Well, I guess yeah, but it probably would have felt just like the first movie. Well, one of my again, main, one of my main faults with with the movie, which is just kind of a nitpick, uh, I think explains that because they never, you know, they don't give you any backstory whatsoever. Whatever you know about the predator going into that movie is what you know about him at the end of it, um, because they. I mean, they're not they're not loquacious, you know. You're not getting you know Shakespearean monologues out of them, you know, unlike the Klingons who claim to have birthed Shakespeare, but um, but they don't seem to talk or communicate really in any way. And the predators don't. And I just thought that was interesting because you know clearly their culture has got to be highly intelligent to have broken the the light speed barrier, you know, to be able to travel to other planets, you know, in, in their own lifetime. You know, they got to be really smart. But you don't know it from the movie itself. I mean, I think even in, in the Predator movie, you got the impression this is one cagey dude, you know, picking him off one by one. And I don't know if it was because, I don't know, was it was it because, you know, Predators did not have a slasher feel to it, but did it have more of a slasher feel to it? Did that eliminate the need to, you know, give any kind of characterization to the Predators themselves? Because the, the Predators, I think, kind of felt like ciphers, basically without any communication whatever you know i mean even just a stupid subtitle with well, fake made up characters you know i was gonna something i was gonna you say know, hey fred uh, you think you just leave the toaster on you want me to go back and check real quick no man it's cool let's just go i kill think these if they humans. had if they had you know, anything shown predators talking to each other yeah and had subtitles or whatever it would have just ruined the mystique that these okay. characters have Yes, I I feel that Predator, as a franchise, leans on the human characters. Absolutely. Yeah. Because they we don't want them speaking, Bill. We don't want <laughs> we don't want to see how they built stuff, and you know it, it would be silly. You need interesting people. You know, you need Arnold to carry the movie. As the predator hunts him down, you know what I mean. I mean now, I'm not looking for this movie to end, you know, Adrian Brody versus a classic predator in a chess match or anything here. I, I think I mean, like the aliens playing. You know, what if the aliens suddenly you could understand what they were saying? It'd be oh, like dog. Be it's like dogs playing cards, only with aliens, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, how it, can it they would, even hold would, them? They don't have you the would, thumbs. You would lose the mystique of Just what the aliens idea. are because the aliens are sharks, basically. Yeah. Um, and the, the aliens at least have the uh, excuse of not needing to develop their own technology and their ships and stuff. The alien, the aliens are just there on their planet, 
and a bunch of dumbass humans decide it's a good idea to weaponize them. And so that's how that all starts. But with the Predators, they're floating around in ships that go faster than the speed of light. You know, they're passing, they're passing James Kirk and, you know, Picard. You know, they're passing Worf and the Defiant. You know, you know, it's like, oh, wow, that ship, man, that's passed a little close there. You know, put in your blinkers or something. But, you know, no, they're like on their way to other solar systems and stuff to snag humans. And, you know, just the idea that they've got these technologies, you know, seems to indicate that they show some intelligence. I don't think it would be a problem to, you know, have them display some of that intelligence. That's all I'm saying. You know, like I said I'm not asking for a monologue. Well, I mean, here. you got you got 90 minutes to do the movie. So, are you gonna? Do you want to know about how they got the ship to Burke, or or, or uh, people surviving? You know. Well, I mean, <laughs> is there any hierarchy? You know, in in the predator. Well, didn't you get that with the super? High, I mean, you kind of got a little bit of that. Well, with the culture, I mean, right? so what? There's three of them at a time. They're on the predator's home planet, aren't they? So there's more than three of them. Well, that's a, that's an interesting point, Bill. Because one thing I, I didn't want to forget was um, in the trailer, Yes, we got that great shot of Adrian Brody getting uh, sighted with about yes. 15 Predator mm-hmm. uh, scopes. So you figure there's going to be a ton of them on this planet. And, of course, that scene, well, it did make it in the movie, but they cut it short after the first scope yes. hits him. And there's really only, what, two Predators the whole movie? I kept or three? waiting for that. There's well, there's supposed to be there are three in a hunting group. Apparently... One yeah. of them was in charge of the dogs. There were three super predators and and the one classic predator. Really? Yeah. Well, and I thought that had, thing would have been just flowing with. So the they had apparently captured. The, so apparently, that first predator woke up with a backpack, you know, with a parachute on its back, two miles up, going, "What the hell?" Well, we're never really, we're never really informed how. Yes. That classic predator got there, but Lawrence Fishburne makes a point. You know, he's been there ten years, so he makes a point, and he says, "They always come in threes every season. It's always mm-hmm. three of them." Yeah. Um, and I don't. We don't know that that's their home planet. I think it's. I think it's not their home planet because to me okay. it looks different than the home planet that we saw in the uh, Aliens uh, versus Predator Requiem. Now, now Robert Rodriguez pretty clearly said, "Just don't worry about those AVP movies. Right. Those are not part of the canon." And they basically said that Alien or the Predators two, yeah, kind of if you want to, but basically we're building off the first Predator movie. Period. Okay. Um, so, so theoretically, we don't know what their planet technically looks like. I just, I, I maybe I'm completely off base and and out of my gourd. I thought there was some at least inference that they were on the Predator's home planet. There was no such. There was no indication whether or not it was their home planet or if it was just a hunting planet. Wow. Why do I think that? Because I'm loony. John, do you remember any kind of reference to that? Yeah. No. No. They. Well, they needed a ship to get there. There was a Predator ship, right? Right, right. Yeah. So it wasn't their home planet because they tried to steal the Predator ship and then the Super Predator blew it up. Son of a gun. Okay. Yeah. So they're going to have to wait for what? Next season when the next Predator ship with the next three guys comes. I mean, I would, just, I would love to know, you know, I'm sorry, I would love a little backstory. Like, you know, are these, you know, are these Predators coming of age and they're sent to go do this task to become a man or are they literally, like, going off, you know, like, you know, one of us maybe, hey, I'm going on a golf vacation to Austin. You know, these guys are going, I'm going on a human-killing expedition to planet Rarg 9. <laughs> you know, I mean, what? why Why are they there? And, and I guess the, the one thing in, in their defense is that 
the concept is that we're dropped into the humans and we know what the humans know, which is virtually nothing. So I guess it makes sense that we know virtually nothing about what's actually happening around the plot of the movie. And, you know, that's that's something that can be developed in later sequels, which, let me ask you, is this movie warranted of a sequel? Do you think they will produce more? Well, I mean, Did it leave you with an ending that says... It's made a profit. Let's, uh, let's continue. I mean, how did it... What was the ending like? Did it end with... Oh, it was. You could, was there a cliffhanger? You could pick up the second movie one second after the first movie ends if you wanted to. Uh, I don't think they would. I but. have a question uh, for those of us that saw it. And so, again, we're spoiling the movie. We're going to spoil the end here. Um, the survivors. We won't go as far as to spoil mm-hmm. it that much. The survivors. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> um, say, okay, now let's find a way off this friggin' planet. Okay. Yeah. Um, but remember we said people were introduced to this, uh, planet by being thrown out of something in the sky. Yeah. They, they end up falling on with parachutes right before the survivors say, let's go find a way off this planet. They look up in the sky and they see several parachutes with, with, uh, whatever beings of some kind. You can't tell what they are. Yeah. There's some, uh, I'm sorry to jump in on you. There's no. some that look like humanoid-type bodies in yeah. regular parachutes, and there are some more of those cages getting dropped, too, which could be like any alien well, species caught in the... I, uh, I was wondering what that was first, about, too. When we first saw the cage, they come across a cage attached to a parachute in the, um, in the jungle. Right? Okay. And when I first saw that, I thought, I wonder if the dogs were, were brought to the planet in those cages. But do you remember later in the movie when they think they see a predator running around chasing Topher Grace's character? Yeah. It turns out to be another humanoid-type alien that's not a predator. Okay. And I kind of got the feeling that they were saying that those guys, those alien beings were— I'm going to connect the dots for you. Yeah, were what was in the cages that they they found. So at the end of the movie— Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. Remember in the cage when they're showing, like, the carcass parts, there's, like, those bugs that are coming in and out of it? Right. And then when they kill the alien that's chasing Topher Grace, the same bugs are, like, crawling out of his legs. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So I think that's the connection that it's the same. That's what they brought in the cages, basically. So at the end of the movie, Frank, to answer your question, they look up, they see several parachutes falling to the ground. Some are carrying these big cages, and some are carrying probably what are humanoid type thing maybe humans we don't know because you can't see they're too far away and so you're thinking oh here, here it goes again you know it's starting again here's more prey for the predators um and so the movie ends that way and to me you know i it wasn't a cliffhanger but it it says to me i'm ready for the next one you know okay. now having said all that today i haven't read it yet but today at the store i picked up the comic book sequel to really? the movie it was a, a one shot i believe oh no kidding um i can't remember what the name of it was but um you know they like i said they published a four issue prequel miniseries yeah then the movie came out and then today they published a one shot sequel comic hmm. and i haven't read it so i don't know what it's about but i think there's room for a sequel mm-hmm. um i would like a sequel um and I think this movie did a really great job of 
trying to capture the feel of the first movie without repeating itself. That is a danger yeah. because you can do you can either be too different or you can be too much alike to where it's not fun. Right. You don't want to see the second the you don't want to see the first movie retold in a different way. Right. And I think they were able to get around that by introducing the super predator character. By um introducing you know, it wasn't Earth, it was another planet. And the shot when they're walking out of the forest in yeah. onto that uh cliff looking overlooking the the skyline is just oh it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Agreed. Okay. And it was cool because they were apparently uh, a moon. It was just kind of like Io or Europa or something. They were a moon around a gas giant. They they weren't one of the rocky interior planets in a in a solar system as we understand it. Um, how were the effects? They're really good. Uh, there were, um, I think there might have been fewer effects in it than you would have expected to see. It so, was not an effect laden. You know, well for forty million dollars, well, well, that is a chunk of change for a big movie. That's not a lot of money. I mean, I think that there's there's an awful lot of practical stuff going on in that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, probably a lot of you know guys in suits and you know jumping out of trees and speeding up the film. You know, mm-hmm. you know this kind of stuff. Now they did resort to um, uh, some director horror schlock um that i thought was mildly uncalled for there there were at least three or four points during the movie where they just they went for you know the the horror movie trope of here's a here's a red herring you know here's here's a scare that's not actually you know a scare like opening the cage right you know it's like the the big build up the music's building and they they fling open the door there's nothing inside oh great okay so you get you do get that a few times during the movie which again is you know, such a horror movie cliche. I just kind of it does you know, work. It, it did, I mean, it makes you jump out of your seat usually. Yeah, and and they did it. They did it better. I'm trying to remember what the exact circumstances were. They did it better the other times. I just thought that one was so telegraphed. I just you know, they're walking up and the music is building, and I just about turned to Brad and said, "I will give you my credit cards if if there's actually something in there." <laughs> you know, which wouldn't have done any, wouldn't have done any much good. But hey, you could have at least filled your tank up with gas or something off it. You know, I'm, I'm looking to just at the total gross of it right now, and it's for the first week, uh, 24 million is what it says. Okay. Which, uh, which, well, it isn't much. I mean, there's still international, there's still DVD sales and yeah. stuff. So I, th- I think it's very fair to say that this movie will do very well and it'll be a success. Well, especially for 40 million dollars. Uh, had had it been twice that. Mm, I saw might be, there might be some question as to whether it'll be a success or not. I saw it twice the first day. I went yeah. by myself in the morning, and then Bill and I went later that night. And it was cool. I'm and glad and you at night, me. it was almost a full theater. Okay. It was not that way in, during the day, huh? No. No, because I saw the, the 10, 15 a.m. show. Oh, okay. But when Shoot, we went, yeah. it was pretty darn full. Yeah, that was nice. It was like a 9 p.m. show, so, you know, the... The, a lot of the teenagers had seen it uh, previous to us, so it was just good red blood American adult males. Despicable, Despicable Me was first at fifty six million, and uh, twi- the Twilight Saga movie was second at uh, oh. thirty one million. Yeah, we're not the we're, we're not the target audience for the for that. Well, for but that series. you got to. I mean, you have to throw in you know the the full breakdown. I mean, this movie cost what forty whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says total U.S. gross is twenty nine point seven mil. International gross is 18 yeah. mil. So right now, today, um, as of uh, Bastille Day. That's 46 million. Uh, I've got 47.7 million, yeah. but close enough. I'm with you. Basically, um, 
a, a week and a half into its lifespan, it's already made its money back. It hasn't sold one DVD. And um, yeah. You know, the, uh, the, the McDonald's the Predator, toys, yeah, yeah, the yeah. McDonald's Predator toys haven't <laughs> right. come out yet. Uh, that kind of thing. Hey, Mommy, look, I got a forearm blade. <laughs> this is great. Hey, John. Yo. I Gen- got an infrared helmet. Generally, when you left the theater, were you pleased or were you? I, I was pleased. I was so nervous going in because of the way that the AVP movies kind of went. And I'm such a fanboy for the for the Predator that I'm just, like, happy to see it on the big screen. Um but but I was happy leaving it. I felt that it was definitely headed in the right direction. I felt that it was enough, a good enough to spark another couple of movies. And, uh, I, I mean, I was happy with it. I was like, I did another show with the Devil's Advocates guys. They wanted to talk about this. And I think I gave it like three and a half out of five. Okay. You know, and everybody else was pretty much like four. You know, big, big Predator fans are all happy with it. So I think it missed the mark a couple of times. I don't know. Do you guys want to... It might be too spoilery. Do you want to do the Topher Grace thing at all, or is that crossing the line, Brad? No, it's a spoiler podcast. I wouldn't worry about it. No, yeah. we've already said we're spoiler. It had well, we already told him how it ended. So. And I already read what what happened, so I know his big secret. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but that doesn't bother me. Okay, that, I didn't see that coming at all. I was wondering what well, was up the real with him, so, and so I thought it was Topher a Grace? cool twist. Yeah, well, why don't you tell us what what was what was Topher, Topher Grace's deal? Well, what happens is you have all of these killers. Pretty much. And, and that's one thing we didn't talk about, the title, too. It's a double meaning, the title, because everybody they bring to the planet is a predator as well. They're all mercenaries, you know, killers and and whatever. So, you know, you have all of these badass guys and girl, and you have Topher, who's like this nerdy doctor. Um, so, of course, it ends up that he's a serial killer. So he's kind of like a Dexter-type, you know creepy serial killer dude well, so that's do, why he's chosen as well they do a great job of making him seem like a like a real you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah another predator in here who's yeah gonna... yeah okay um well never mind what no, I was i'll fin- i'll finish what you were gonna say they thank you. they um they did a great job in making you believe that this guy was a doctor and he was harmless because Topher Grace, just his mannerisms, he's very kind of squirrely, very yeah, kind of small guy. Comedy relief. Yeah. See, I disagree a little bit because really? they gave it away when he knew what type of plant. Well, it, it doesn't really tie in, but he knew what type of plant that alien plant was. And he takes out his scalpel <laughs> and starts rubbing it on the plant, saying that it has deadly neurotoxins that will paralyze you. So, I so thought, 15 minutes into it, I'm going, he's a serial killer. And that scalpel's <laughs> coming out, and he's going to paralyze somebody with the neurotoxin. I, you know, I should have seen that, but I didn't. I personally thought he was just making it up because I'm thinking, okay, he's on, a, he's on an alien planet. How does he know what that's called? Maybe, he, you know, he's assuming it's a, a universal type of plant or poison or whatever, and so this is what it's called on Earth. Um but yeah, I never, you never saw him wipe that stuff off of his little pocket knife, okay. you know. And I, I didn't put two and two together. It still surprised me when he turned on Isabel. Yeah, because it happened in a blink. Yes, but in that early moment, I was, I, I, 
And I'm not one to I don't I'm not one to try to figure things out. I get shocked every time. I get lost in the movie, and I'm great for the sucker ending every time. But that one was a little too like spoon fed for me. Um, but then they did a good job during the film because I forgot about it, and he started tripping on everything and getting caught in the trap. And he was like the you know like you said the comedy relief guy, and then all of a sudden he whips out that scalpel again. How, how was he as an actor and performer? Topher, because I think of Topher very much on a one-dimensional thing. I mean, think of him, every time I see him, I think of him as from uh, that 70s show. And the few movies I've seen him in, he always seems to be that guy. Oh, I actually liked him in this movie a lot more than I did in Spider-Man 3. Uh I could not stand his character in Spider-Man 3. I just thought he was overacted. He was goofy. But... I don't know, it just worked for me. He worked for me. He wasn't trying to be... He didn't, he, to me, he didn't come across as trying to be funny mm-hmm. or trying to be silly. But he was just a victim of circumstance. And he you know, he, he uh, would just say what was on his mind. Like, okay, this is funny. And uh, I'm, I'm going to say a word, but I'll bleep it. Okay. Okay, because it, it was just funny the way this happened. So... This is in reference to, um, in the middle, uh, we've already talked about this, mm-hmm. in the middle of the movie, they think they see a predator, yeah. and so Adrian Brody goes, hey, Doc, I think I, because he's, he's mentioned a couple of times how he feels useless, he doesn't have a gun, you know, he doesn't think he can, you know, contribute or whatever, he's, and so he says, Doc, I think I have a way you can make yourself useful, and it cuts from this two shot of them to a shot of him running in the forest for his life just screaming and running and well it turns out okay they use him as bait to draw this predator out of the jungle and so they they get to the point where okay they they kill uh, the uh that aliens killed and they find out it's not a predator right right okay before they before they approach it so that got the the shots fired he kills he's killed and he stops and he's look and he just looks out in the jungle in all directions, and he goes, F- all of you! <laughs> you know, because he's just, you know, like, it, it just comes across as genuine. And So is he saying it in triumph? No. Oh, he's, he's mad. He's, like, he's mad that, that he, that they he made bait. him be the bait, you know? <laughs> so he came across to me as genuine and not goofy, not trying to be funny. I guess that's why I bought that he was a doctor because he said he was a doctor. Well, doctor. they went to great lengths to position him again as the everyman. The yeah. This is if you're in the if you are dumb enough to be in this movie, this is your character, you right. know, movie exactly. goer. And he played it just like that the entire movie. And I thought the the twist I thought was well done because yeah. you know, like you said a couple minutes earlier, I didn't see it coming either. The way it was I, cut, I, we were wondering, we, you know, there's got to be something. Something's going on with this guy, and you assume it's like, well, a clerical error or something, but it yeah. turns out that, no, he really did deserve to be there. The way it, that scene was cut when he when he yeah. turns, yeah, you know, it, it had a shot of him, and he mm-hmm. was saying, hey, if you could do it again, and she's not looking at him. The two of them are in a pit. Yeah. Right? Predator threw him in a pit, and they're trying to get out, and they can't get out, and she's turned, her back is turned to him, and, and so we see her face, and we see him in the background looking at her. Uh, and he, he's got this look of, of 
sympathy and empathy and and he's you know emotionally grateful he says hey if you could do it again would you would you make the same choice meaning would you come back for me because i got my foot stuck in a bear trap you Mm -hmm. know which was designed to maim him so he would slow down the group you know so and that was a great line too it wasn't designed to kill you it was designed to maim you and so at this point there was three of them left adrian brody isabel and uh the doctor and the doctor gets his foot in a trap and adrian brody's trying to tell the girl leave him He's dead weight now. He's going to slow us down. This is what they wanted to do. They, want, they didn't want to kill him. They wanted to maim him so he would slow us down. Yeah. And she says, you go. I'm going to stay and help. Okay. So a little bit of humanity in her, which up to this point, Adrian Brody's character had no humanity in him whatsoever. Okay. You know, he did the job. Whatever you got to do to survive, this whatever is what you got to do. Survive. Right. Gotcha. Oh, and he was more than willing to leave people behind. Right. You. He threatened to do it a number of times. He used the whole group as bait. At one point, yeah. when they made it to the predator camp. So, anyway, so that's what he's that's what he was saying. Hey, if you if you uh, could do it over again, would you make the same choice? Meaning, would you come back for me? And she said yes. And he says, you know, thanks. I really appreciate that. Cuts away to a quick shot of of something else, and then it cuts back to him, and his face is completely different. He's got this crazed, wacky, killer look on his face. And he's out of focus a little bit because he's in the background. The camera's focused on her in the foreground. But it's just the way they did it. The timing of the cuts was, it was perfect. Did it, I hate to nitpick. I give this movie a thumbs up and I'd recommend it to someone. Um, But uh, I thought it was kind of, kind of coincidental or convenient maybe is a better word that as all the characters in the movie start, start coming together in the first 10 minutes or so, that they just kind of naturally decide to band together and, hey, the dude with the huge nose is going to be our leader. Well, he's, I mean, just, he basically says, you want to survive, follow me. Yeah. I mean, but they even before that happened, though, I mean, just like, whoa, there's a group of people. I guess I better get in and tag along. I mean, not that you're going to have a better chance to survive on your own, but I just thought, you know, it's, it's not such a clear-cut decision that, well, I'm automatically going to join up with any group of humans wandering through the forest I see. I mean... String of the numbers you know, or something, but you well, know. Well, I haven't seen the movie. I think it's human nature that you're, if you're thrown into a situation where no one knows what's going on yeah. and someone stands up, I mean, you see this a lot in reality, reality television, like mm-hmm. Survivor. Yeah, no one wants to be the first one to be the leader, but someone always does. Right, when they do, right. they follow, just because they need direction and they need someone to to just they they need direction. That might be not be the right person and. More times than not, the first person that steps up is always the worst leader. When you're in an, in an extremely unfamiliar situation, yeah, the first thing I do is okay. I look for what's familiar to me. And when I find it, I gravitate towards it. That makes sense. If I'm at a party and there's nobody there I know, I look for the food because I'm familiar with the food. <laughs> I go right to gotcha. the food, and that's where I hang out. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. So I had no problem with them grouping together. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems it seems like human nature. I just thought it was uh, borderline. This is this is just they're moving the plot along. Well, a little again, too this quickly, is a movie. It's cool. It's and cool. This goes back to. I mean, they they could spend you know an hour trying to figure out. Okay, what are we gonna do? Right. All right, let's vote. Who's gonna be leader? You know, yeah. no, the movie's got to move. Um, the only other really thing that I have to say about it is when when Predator came out. It was different. You didn't have any idea what the thing was in the jungle. 
because you couldn't see it, you didn't know. You just, I mean, your imagination ran wild. Well, with this movie, you know what's in the tree. You've seen it before. So you it's not going to, and this kind of goes back, John, to say how you said you think you kind of missed the, missed the mark a little bit. There's no way to capture that feel that you had with the first one with this new movie. There's just no, there's just no way to, to do that. All you could do is multiply on the tension. Like, perfect example for me is the first Alien. You didn't. That was a scary movie because you didn't know what was happening. It was totally yeah. different. In the second movie, Aliens, you know what's happening, but it's multiplied by a hundredfold, and it's the tension is what gets you in that movie. And for me, in Predators, that's what got me was the tension. Okay, I know what's going on, but I don't know how it's going to turn out. And I, I just thought they balanced it, the tension, and the new elements, and the familiar things with unfamiliar things. And uh, I was just very, very happy with so, it. So, Bill, you said you'd give it three? Three reverse flashes? Out of five, uh, you know, I give it um, I give it three reverse flashes um, and a, a knowing wink. Okay. Brad? Um, because, well, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Three and, three and a half. How many, I, how many does right the between. first Predator get? Oh gosh, uh, four I guess. It's been long. It's been a long time since I've seen the movie, so I can't really objectively say this is a really quality movie. All right, I mean, it was fun. I give you know Predator uh, four and three quarters reverse flashes. Fair out of enough. Five. I give this one four. Fair enough. Did it surprise you how much you enjoyed it? Yes. Did I you was, expect to enjoy it less? Yes. Okay. I did. I that's, was, that's the way I felt. I was about very very pleased. Yeah. I, this is the way I was with uh, Terminator Salvation. I, I walked in the movie thinking, okay, it'll be cool. And I walked out thinking, holy crud, that thing just blew me out of the water. And Predators, um, I walked in, um, actually didn't have much expectations. You know, I, I didn't, um, not that I was expecting it to be bad. I just literally did not go into it going, oh, come on, come on, come on. Because there are so many movies you go into going, please be good. This wasn't one of them. And uh, so there was no way for me to be pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed it. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was a darn good movie. John, before you tell us how many reverse flashes you give it, was there anything okay. else about the movie that you wanted to comment on or bring up? Um, I thought the Falcon Scout thing was really cool. Yeah. Remember what I'm talking about? That little yeah. thing that flew around to try to find them and then flew back on him and kind of went into his armor? Yeah, it was part of his armor. It was part of it, kind of where his shoulder cannon sits. Okay. So there was this mechanical bird with oh, red okay. glowing eyes flying. Okay, and that's it's basically cool. just an extension of his armor. Thank you for for bringing that up because that's just another one of those new things that was in this movie. You know, I would like to say one more thing before I give reverse flashes. Uh, I will pose the question: <laughs> Did you like this better than Predator Two? Oh, what a good question! Um, that is a hard question because I I really really like both movies. Um. They're different, you know, obviously, um, but I, I want to watch both movies again. I like them both that much. That is spineless. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not going to put one above the other because I don't think I can. I like them the same. I like They're, well, I like, They're like your kids? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like two better 
a little bit, a little bit better. And for a lot of the same reasons, you know how you just got into it's never going to be the same as one because, you know, you know the monster already now and, and there isn't that mystery or whatever. Well, two was up against the same exact odds. You know what I mean? Like We already yeah. knew what was going on, right. but they stuck us in a completely different setting with a completely different charismatic hero um and they really pulled it off so i think it's close but i think i actually give you the nod a little bit but i go at least three reverse flashes probably more towards three and a half okay, okay. yeah um, i know I of feel. course i can't rate it i didn't see it my final comment is that the predators for all their pride in being hunters and stuff they sure cheat a lot they are a bunch of cheating <laughs> which predators, I, aren't which they? Which I think is why I enjoyed the scene with the Yakuza and the Predator going out of Excellent. the swords so much. Because it was mano y mano. Heck yes. As opposed to hiding in a tree with my cloaking device on, just shooting my shoulder yeah. cannon at your chest. I mean, this strikes me a lot as like a human trying to outsmart fish. Yeah. I mean, you got stinking radars and, you know, ultrasounds and... You know, bait made of steroids and panther, and you know it's just it's not fair. You know, for the uh, the prey these days, is it? What are you talking about, man? Well, flying around in, I mean, in a helicopter, shooting wolves, you know, that kind of thing. Huh? Yeah, How sporting is that, brother? Well, it's it's sporting in the, in the sense that that you're um, you know, it's you're using your skill. I mean, you're using your tools. I mean, you know, okay. before guns, there were bows and arrows. Before yeah. bows and arrows, there were spears. So it's just an extension. So yeah. so the predators, you know, they they just they develop these tools, and while they seem advanced to us, you know, that those are the tools they use. And, and I don't want to be, I don't want to be a hater, and I'm really truly not looking for any uh, um, uh, hate mail, but I've just never understood the mentality of. Um, uh, someone who is a sport hunter. Oh dear, your brother's going to be oh, calling no. me now. Somebody's well, going you to know, get I can, and, you well, know, I can. I get the. I, I, thinning, I get the. I, I, I grew up. I grew up, I I grew up in, a, in a hunting family. Define sport hunter. Okay, someone who says, "Hey, it's deer season. I think I want to go kill a deer and uh, mount its uh, you know, mount its antlers on my uh, wall." Okay, antlers, I mean, maybe that's make, fine. maybe you make it out of you know jerk, turn into jerky or some that's elk fine. steaks or something. But but you, you, someone who doesn't go out. With any need to hunt, you know, you're you're not looking for food for your family. You're not looking for, you know, skins to keep you warm in the winter. Okay, you know? that's where that's where my dad and my family, my brother, my uncle, yeah. that's where they differ from the person you just described. Okay, my dad and my brother, they use pretty much every bit of the deer. Yeah, and that that's you know, that's. I think most of your conscience is venison hunters. chili is amazing. I grew, up, I grew up on I grew up in a hunting family. My my dad hunted. He took me yeah. hunting growing up. This is something I have I have grown up with. We we processed the meat, we ate it, it was good. I, I'm not and, trying and was, to say and it was part it was just part of our culture. Now the people who go out and kill animals just to kill them and leave them out to rot or just to I take think, their head and stuff, they're yeah. despicable to me. I think they're called poachers. Because yeah. because you know why? They're wasting resources. They're not using an animal for sustenance, for food, for something that it's meant, that, you know, God yeah. put on this earth for you to use. I mean, I think most hunters out there do, you know, are honorable, blah, blah. I mean, yeah, I don't if you're going to eat the animal, wonderful. Yeah, and, and I, again, you know, I'm not trying to say I don't think you should be doing that. You know, if you like hunting, I understand the purpose 
of hunting theoretically to thin out the herd you know if you are using you know from the hoof to the tip of the antler you know and you're not waste you're not literally wasting the animal you know that's that deserves you know consideration too um you know i just i you know myself i don't understand the mentality of hey i just want to go kill something today yeah I don't but, and, 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 and again i'm not you can't I'm not, tell I'm me not you've never, making, you never felt that way i'm not well, feeling what, and what acting, feeling and acting are two different things. Like P- I, people I, frustrate I have, no, me. I have, I have never, but ever I don't want to. But I won't, don't want to physically harm them. I've never wanted to. I've never wanted to kill another living creature, unless you're, you know, if you're talking like a fire ant or a mosquito or no, something. I'm talking about give me a some jerk you work with that you just can't literally stand. Literally kill? No. I mean, no. I mean, I've never. We're doing, that. If we're doing shtick here, then everybody, oh, you know, but. Uh, but no, I have I I have never I've never felt towards another living creature. I wish you were literally dead, and I wish I could do it to you. And again, you know, I'd please, be lying if I said I never this, thought this that. This is not you. Well, need to see a counselor now. <laughs> hey, I drive down. I, that I mean, way. that's kind of scary. Look, you know, I drive I mean, down thirty five and have fantasies of of running people off. You know, <laughs> running people into you know phone poles and stuff. You know, I mean, I I have a lot of suppressed anger when I drive, but no, I mean, I've I've never literally wanted to kill anything. Johnny, have you ever literally wanted to kill someone? He works in a jail. <laughs> he knows people who literally want to. Yeah, kill if people. he doesn't want to, he knows someone who can. <laughs> Besides Morgan, I mean, I don't I don't think I ever want to wow. kill anybody. God, I thought <laughs> he was just Morgan, your dude. co-host on. A... <laughs> no, Morgan just kidding. No, I don't think I, I don't think I've literally wanted to kill anybody. But I, I could think of situations where I would, though. Yeah, yeah, that's different. I mean, I would, I would kill to protect my family, yeah, that's my different. kids. That's totally different. And I guess if I'm, you know, like Bill said, not doing shtick, um, I don't think I've, honestly, I don't think I've ever really wanted to murder somebody. People drive me bananas. But that there, happens. I mean, there are some people that. I know that if they were dead, I wouldn't miss them. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's different. And the world would be a better place. Yeah. But I'm not going to. I mean, no, that's different. Right. That's just, you know, I don't care. Well, going back to uh, George uh, George Steinbrenner. Who, Steinbrenner, who just passed away, a lot of people have been talking about how they didn't care for him, but they respected him. You know, and, and, and I, you know, I think a lot of people kind of maybe, I don't know, I interpreted that as just like, you know, I don't, you know, he wasn't. He wasn't my cup of tea. Well, no, there, there's the world, plenty. There's the plenty probably of, a better place without him, but, you know, I respect him. Look, there's, yeah, there's, I'm sure there's plenty of people who are, you know, laughing at the thought of him being dead. I mean, there's, there's plenty of sicko deviants out there in, in this world of ours who, you know, who literally, you know, are basically toasting each other and holding parties when Ted Candy died. It's like, really? You know, I mean, you know, whatever you... Yeah, and I don't mean to turn this into a different discussion, but whatever you think of someone's politics, you know, you really you're 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 happy that person is now dead, really. You know, with with Johnny I mean, being what's, from what's New York, what's wrong with you, Johnny? With being from New York, how do you feel about that about Steinbrenner passing away? You're closer to that than we are. Yeah, but he's from the yeah, island. I think he's a Mets fan. I'm the hugest Yankees fan, uh, probably that there is, and he bought the team the year I was born, and I look at him very fondly. He, you know, being a huge baseball fan. I look at it as him giving me like years of happiness. So, so you really fan. respected him. You really liked mainly him. the years he was suspended oh, I, and Cashman built it into a dynasty, right? That's okay, but it was it was boss's money, and there's a lot of owners around that 
just yeah. take all the ticket money and stick it in their pocket. Yeah, I mean, and, and I mean that's a good point. But they were they were an absolute laughing stock, and until uh, I mean they had that nice run in the '70s, which I don't know if you can give him credit for because he bought the team in '73. They started winning uh, World Series in '78. Yeah, so. because he brought in. I mean, yeah, he brought in Reggie Jackson. Absolutely, very good point. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, good times there. Um, so we'll we'll miss you. Uh, we'll miss you, George. No matter what your politics. He just told Jesus to get a haircut. <laughs> oh. I was going to ask you how long do you think it took him? Yeah. You know, there's an episode of The Simpsons where, where um, <laughs> oh gosh, where Burns he's running a, a baseball team and, and he tells a, a Yankee to get a haircut or to lose his sideburns. And so the guy comes yeah, in with, with, shops, with right? yeah, and so he basically comes in with almost like a reverse uh, mohawk, Jeez. you know, with his hair from his sideburns up, gone, just completely gone. And Homer goes, I, or uh, Burns says, I told you to get rid of your sideburns and you're fired. And uh, the ball player walks out and goes, huh, still and he's still better than Steinbrenner. Hey, <laughs> funny. So, you, so you're going to miss him? I'm going to miss him. Yeah. I'm going to drink to him Friday night at the stadium that he built. You know, I wonder. I wonder if he's uh, he's the equivalent to our um, Tom Landry because here in Dallas he's like a saint. You yeah. know, Tom Landry. Yeah, I would, I'd say that's a, a very accurate yeah. description. But I don't know anybody who didn't think highly of Tom Landry. Yeah, or I mean, who, I, who had a problem with I mean, Tom Landry? Yeah. Probably more like Jerry Jones. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I would probably because yeah. you can't that's really better. compare an owner to a head coach because the head coach gets fired by the owner. Right. Yeah. Now, I mean. Yeah, he, Jerry is controversial, and Jerry makes decisions for better or for worse. You know, you, that's one thing about Steinbrenner. You can never accuse him of being passive, and that's to his credit. So there. So um, what what's the uh, what's the attitude there? You know, I was in an edit session at work, and my editor had on had it on ESPN. So they were playing this the Steinbrenner stuff all day long. How how was it in New York? I mean, what's the What's everyone's attitude? Well, it, it's it's twenty four seven right now on mm-hmm. all of the sports stations, obviously, and a lot of the talk news and and shows and stuff like that. And uh, they're starting; to, they're doing the right thing for the most part. You're getting all of the stories that you never heard about how charitable he was, and you know, a tough owner, but he wanted to win more than anybody else, and he loved the fans, and he wanted to give them everything that he could, and blah blah blah. So it's been it's been very positive. It, it's it's been pretty cool. They, and now, you know what? His sons run the show, and they're like little clones. So, yeah, it's like uh, it's like the uh, transition of power in Cuba. How about buying the Yankees for ten million, selling the parking lots back to the city for one point eight million, and now it's worth almost two billion dollars? <laughs> See, that's pretty smart. What are you doing over there, Frank? Uh, I just found the uh, the clip on the Simpsons where they talk about the sideburns. Oh yeah, here I'll uh, let me pause it here. Fire it up. Okay, let me un let me unmute. Here we go and go. Mattingly, get rid of those sideburns. What sideburns? You heard me, hippie. <laughs> For the last time, get rid of those sideburns. Look, Mister Burns, I don't know what you think sideburns are, but don't argue with me. Just get rid of them. <gasps> Mattingly. I thought I told you to trim those sideburns. Go home. You're off the team for good. Fine. Still like him better than Steinbrenner. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so those are the three clips where he's talking about it. Thank you. 
All right, um, John, we probably need to let you go because I'm sure it's it's 11 o'clock your time. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, 2 it's 11 o'clock time. my time. But thanks a lot, guys. I, I enjoy this. I haven't been on in a while. I usually have a little phone-in cameos and stuff, but uh, it was nice to sit down with you for an extended period. Awesome. You rock, man. Nice. And I'm uh I'm glad uh, you like you know are we're excited about this movie as much as I am. So but before you go, definitely. I'm hoping for a nice, big, extended director's Blu-ray. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> so, Johnny, before you go, promote your uh, two podcasts. Uh, Speak of the Devil is our Daredevil show. We're doing a lot of Shadowland stuff, so that's cool. And, of course, the Legion of Dudes right here on this feed every Thursday. <laughs> Heck yes. And we have a 100th episode coming up, so stop by our new forums Forum for geeks.com. Okay. That's it, right? Like and, uh, and leave us some things to talk about on episode 100. Questions or comments or. Yeah, there's stuff. a thread on the uh, on our forum. Um, it says it's like episode 100 pre chatter or something like that. Okay. Yes. That right? Okay. Yeah, we're just taking topics or whatever you want to ask or get us through the show. Okay. And uh, it should be fun. How 100 many? already, so that's crazy. How many more weeks is that? I'm going to say it's either this week or the week after that. <laughs> okay. Wow. I think it, I think it's next week because th- this week you're doing Star Wars Infinities, I think. Is the right. Next one and is up. that 99? I think that might be 99. So next week. There you go. All right. All right. Cool. Thanks, dudes. All right, John. Thank you, Johnny. Appreciate you, Johnny. You soon. All right. See you later. Go Come Mets. This up. Oh. Oh. <laughs> kidding. Red Sox. What go Mets. He said go Mets. And oh. Johnny went, ah. Oh. Oh, dude. He didn't right. think I was going to let him off the phone that easy, did he? John's a good kid. You know, you need to do kid. a sports show, Bill. In, in, in all yeah, my seasons. wife's been telling me that for years. And you know what? If I could, uh, if I could figure out how to break into that, I would. Well, I mean, I thought about doing a sports corner, but uh, sports I think corner. you guys it'd be make you guys nuts. Mm. So I don't you mean know. on this show? I, I I don't know if it needs to be on this show. Maybe no. I guess it'll own. be on the network. <laughs> the show's already too long. Yeah, yeah you want to? You want to? Put out Bill's sports. You know, honestly, on. I've uh, the last couple of years I've thought about you know, hey, I, you know, because I'm a narcissist, I think that I know as much as uh, those uh, fancy football uh, uh, sons of guns, and uh, I've often thought, hey, you know, uh, maybe I just uh, put my money where my mouth is, and you know, put out my you know fancy picks of the week or something like that, and see where it goes. You know, know, so yeah. who knows? You know, especially that would, that would only expand the the half hour wasted yeah. network brand. If, if there's anybody still search. listening to this episode and they think <laughs> that might be a good idea, um, they they don't know my qualifications because they never got into conversation with me about fantasy football. But uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe feedback would push me. You know, yay or nay towards uh, doing halfhourwasted.com. Like you can also tweet me. Follow me and then tweet me. What's your choice? And then follow What's me your tweet more, name? and then tweet me again. I am the voice HHW. I so. am Frank A. Rincon. One word. Boring. I am what I am. Not as boring as Brad's, though. Brad Milo. See, he doesn't even use a middle initial. <laughs> nope. Uh, you can follow yes. the Legion dudes at LOD Tweet. Well, I've got, I've got a blonde kid who's yeah. way late for bed. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Okay. So we'll call, we'll call this an, an evening, guys. Thanks for listening so much. Thanks for listening to a half hour wasted. Be sure to check out the Legion of Dudes podcast. It comes out every Thursday on this same feed. Visit our website halfhourwasted.com to check out our blogs, photos, and the new forum forumsforgeeks.com. Nice. Send your questions and comments to halfhourwasted at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at nine seven two seven nine eight thirty eight thirty. 
or drop us an individual email at Brad, Frank, or Bill at HowFarWaste.com. Visit our sponsor, DCBSService.com. And remember, till next week. Hey, is this a good time for my tweet? I'm kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm Brad. And I'm Frank, and we'll see you next week on Half Our Wasted. I appreciate Thanks. you. Did you I